Hello and Namaste from Pallavi. Welcome to Eco-Friendly Kind World. And this is the 20th episode of India's first exclusive podcast which is sharing climate activist stories from across the world and giving you ideas and ways how you can start your climate action journey. And this is going to be a very insightful, a very heart-touching and very emotional story for climate activist who is our guest today from Uganda, Naomi Morris. He's just 23 years old climate activist and Naomi Morris is the CNN environmentalist of tomorrow who began his activism at the age of when he was, I guess, 19. And when he was six years old, he had to vacate his home because of the flooding situation in his area, which has disrupted his source of livelihood. So let's hear from Morris his story. Welcome, Morris, to our podcast. How are you today? I'm okay, Tria. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so glad you could. I'm super excited to share more about myself and uh, how everyone can join activism and also what they can do to, to make a change in where they come from. Yeah, we are equally excited to hear your story. So, Nyombi, my first question to you is, if you could just explain to our listeners all the experience at the age of six years when you have faced that flooding situation. First of all, uh, this happened back when I was young, at the age of six. Uh, what was surprising and what was shocking on my side was that uh, losing my small garden, because I used to have my own garden, uh, it, it traumatized me for some good years, like six. Reaching 12 years, I could still recall. I used to recall about the garden I used to have, the crops I used to to to, to, to like to grow. Cause uh, yeah, when you are young, and uh, as me growing growing up with farmers, this was a good experience to me to become a farmer, and uh, I used to love that so much. So it shocked me a lot when I saw my parents. Uh, shifting, taking me to Kampala, where I didn't know that Wanda would be there. To the surprise, until I grew up, that's when they told me this was the reason why we shifted. One of the biggest reasons was flooding, which used to occur whenever it rained heavily. Uh, most of the time, actually, my parents used uh, to do a lot of farming within the community because that was the only thing they knew. But the biggest challenge when flooding started, no crops could survive. Most of the time, crops were washed away. And uh, let's let's say if rain could could if it could rain for three to four days, water could come direct to our houses. This was was shocking, and. Uh, frustrating to my parents who had no option of evacuating because this just happened abruptly after the government warning uh, actually they sent it a warning sending a warning letter uh, advising whoever 
was in that area to shift before things get worse because for them they had no option as a government had no option apart from calling people to evacuate the area to force us to move away from where we used to call home so we moved to Kampala one of the biggest challenge was that uh, in Kampala everything was for sale my parents took some good some good math actually like seven to my mom whom for what she told us it took her seven months to get a job whereby everything is for sale from water food cooking oil and even clothing so because one of the actually the advantage we got when we shifted to kampala uh, our grandma accepted to host us for some good time as my parents look for jobs which were not available at that time. So dad used to go and come back for some good days. But after like four to three months, one day he went and never came back. He left us with a single mom that who raised us actually up to this age. We are three by then. So mom had to look for the wolf. He had to look for the over providing everything from food and education. So it was challenging and next day it affected my education, me myself. But again, I had to keep trying. The good thing I was performing very well to an extent that most of the time I used to get scholarships that helped me to reach this stage. Yeah, but uh, I could understand as a child, it must have been very difficult for you to, uh, you know, to get that what is happening around, like suddenly change of place and like so much of challenges and difficulties that must have been very disheartening. And yeah, I mean, I could feel that pain. So, uh, yeah, Naomi, just tell that, uh, like uh, you know when did you get that understanding of it that it is because of the climate change and then what has motivated you further to start your activism journey uh first of all i actually even my education doesn't match with environment because uh, i'm a man who did it so uh during the time when i was out of school I was jobless, I was home struggling to start a living because I couldn't go any further due to lack of finance. So uh, as I was watching television one day, uh, I saw a guy who was striking in front of Ugandan parliament and that was Vanessa because I knew her mom. So uh, I took that responsibility to find off reaching out to her to know more about climate change. When she accepted to bring me on table, we discussed a lot and uh, she, she, she continued striking. However, for me, I didn't know much still, even after her telling me about climate change and why, why we should stand up and uh, we should wake up and stand up for the planet to save humanity. So it was hard for me to begin. I was nervous, I was shy. What I did was to take over the work of social media management. So I started managing social media uh, for Vanessa until in 2020 when she was cropped out. And uh, what she was talking about was 
you are cropping out an African voice. So many were asking, are you the only activist in Africa? Can't we see other, where are the other activists? That's when we came out and started talking about that. Even uh, she trained us, she told us, you also need to become activists. Because this is not a, a single cause. This is not a one-man fight. This is a global fight. It is affecting everyone from where you are and also from your experience, Maurice, you are a victim to climate change because I told her about my story. So through that, I also felt like, yes, I need to do something because I realized that where I come from, people were still suffering, however much I wasn't observing because I didn't take it as a climate change impact or climate change catastrophe. So first, mm -hmm. going to street wasn't easy. I had to first gain that confidence, which wasn't easy. However, uh, through the internet, because I used to over-tweet posts, that's where I got my 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 actually my my courage, and uh, I started striking. So through that, I realized that uh, there was a lot of misinformation, and uh, another thing was I received a lot of insults that. Uh, what you are talking about is a white agenda. You shouldn't be talking about that unless you shouldn't be talking about that unless you are also from white countries. So uh, it shocked, shocked me that uh, people look at climate change as a white thing. So I, what I did was to start taking action because even in my community they were demanding the same thing. They are like, where are the actions? Show us some actions. What can we do? Okay, tell us what can we do. Show us. I use. Uh, I started up tree planting. So this, through this tree planting, uh, many people liked me, and many liked what I do. So when they started doing it, I also felt the passion, and also actually it empowered me so much to continue doing something good for my environment and for my country. So that empowered me so, so much. Even when I didn't know much, whenever I saw people following me up, reaching out to me, I said, yes, this thing is, is really happening. People are feeling the pressure. People are feeling it. They have to do something and make the change yeah. they want to see. Yeah. I totally get it and everybody looks for some motivation and I'm so glad to know that you have got that motivation from Vanessa, right? And now you are the motivation for thousands of people, right, who look up to you, what you are doing and if they can also engage in some way, right? So now you are the voice for them, you are empowering them. So, so glad to know your journey and uh, yeah, when, when you get that awareness, it automatically pushes you to do more, right? And eventually you, when you get everybody's support, so you feel more motivated to continue doing it. So yeah, that's so true. So Naomi, could you, yeah, yeah. Could you please tell more about the like organizations which you are associated with and the activities which you are doing on daily basis for environmental protection? Uh, 
actually the organization I'm based with in the there too, but um, mainly from Rise Up movement. However, it's also an umbrella. It has an umbrella which is Friday for Future Uganda that combines us all. So for us as activists, we decided to do something from where we are, and as long as it can make a difference, however small it is. So there are some who choose to fight for gender equality, and some used to used to actually decided to choose plastic pollution, others decided to choose clean energy and installing solars. Me, I choose tree planting. One, trees are found everywhere and also trees can help us in cutting greenhouse emissions in atmosphere for a long period of time. That's what I can first say. And also, uh, they are cheap. They are cheap to implement and also to buy compared to any other clean energy or wind energy or solar trees are cheap each is at two to three usd compared to a solar a solar you can find a solar at around 20 to 50 usd that is a lot to someone who is vulnerable who is not earning any coin who is not working but is is having that passion of taking action. So for me, I choose trees. In this, I visit schools and do some sensitization within the students. And also, I do some tree planting with them because I have to show them that climate change is happening because the past and the present are not taking action. So you, the future generation, you need to do something our generations, our generation adapts so quick. So once we show them what to do, definitely this shouldn't be a repetition. They will know, they will always keep it in mind. So, however, when I visit schools, I decided not to choose different native trees apart from fruit trees, because I want young people to know that you can benefit from fruit trees at the same time when you are saving the environment where you are in right now, because we are in Kampala, which has more than 50 industries. Meaning, always our our air is toxic. It's not that fresh, which we could, we could actually, it's not that worth breathing, as I can call it. But if we have some carbon sinks or some passive coolings, like trees, even it can help in reducing sick leaves from students who attend schools, in schools when there are a lot of passive callings, definitely it will reduce some sick leave schools. When it is too hot, they can find where to hide, maybe under the tree. Yeah, when they need some fruit, they can get it. When they need fresh air, they can get it. So uh, I decided to choose that and also to help kids feel motivated and feel happy because when you tell them that once you plan this and take care of it, it will give you something. Definitely their eye, their eyes will be focusing on that one result, which is maybe the mango or the orange. This will help them focus <laughs> on tree planting and taking care of it. So I decided to choose that for that reason. But I also visit communities 
in this community, what we do, we do some reforestation. Reforestation, we visit forests with missing, like, uh, with the, let me call it, uh, fragile degraded areas, and we do some refilling, because we have realized that many go and cut, but they don't replace. So our role as activists, we shouldn't wait for leaders maybe to call out for UN or any organization to provide them with trees. I think we can do this by ourselves without calling United Nations or any other organization. So we go into community, we collect, okay, we form groups, we make our stone group, we visit the nearby forests with our tree seedlings. Last year we managed to plant over 7,000 trees countrywide. Even my, me and my team, we managed to visit 13 schools. So that was for only 2021. And this year we are hoping for more if everything go well. That's, that's really inspiring. And I like the fact that along with planting trees, we are also giving a message to the young, you know, younger generation that, uh, you know, to eat healthy and they will be like so excited to plant because of the fruits which they can finally reap from it, right? So that is a great motivation for them and children. So yeah, that's, that's really inspiring. And I hope you're going to do more this year. You're going to plant more and more trees and not many more people join you. So Naomi, before I let you go, one last question to you. What would you like to say to the people, a message which you want to give, especially to the ignorant who are still not believing that climate change is real? So if you can just guide them, you know, that what are some simple ways how they can start and why they should start? Uh, one of the very big messages I would like to share out there is that uh, denialism starts from the present, but the future is not yours because today you are denying on behalf of your children. The children will blame you at your late age. So your action today will matter in the future and this will be observed by your kids because in the end they are going to turn the brain to you that what did you do they will ask you questions which you will not be having any answer to respond so start taking action today empower communities do the strikes join the, the climate movement be the change you want to see or be the change you want your grandchildren or your children to have or to see that is climate change. It may not be happening to you today, but you never know how many countries your children will visit, how many countries your children will study, and they will ask you, were you aware about this, and what did you do? If you can't take action, if you can't uh, strike, support those who are taking actions, if you believe climate change is not real, check what happened last year in Germany, in Scotland, in India, in Nigeria, and also in Uganda itself, flooding took over every country. What was that? Before you start denying that young people are just making noise, blaming everyone, ask yourself, 
what caused that and also yeah. if we if you fear to see such stuff such catastrophe the nightmare way in africa the one we are facing or the one we are going through then make change do something you have the power to change the leadership use that power thank you that's so powerful message yeah thank you so much for this insightful conversation nyombi and i wish you all the very best in all your future initiatives and yeah thanks a lot for joining us today you are most welcome priya thank you so much for inviting me yeah it's my sheer pleasure to have you and yeah stay tuned for more such inspiring climate activist stories bye bye see you